It's a beautiful fall evening in October. You stand on the ledge of a hotel room, ready to end your life. A song playing at the right time, right place, brings you down from committing the one act that may end it all. Stay tuned. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank... Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. On the Good Dudes Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Like I mentioned on my last podcast, we are growing with you as you listen to us. We're not only doing the uh, plant-based medicine and how it's beneficial to you, but we're also growing into the fitness, wellness, and how that helps with mental illness. My guest, and I'm happy to have on my show, is actually a mind-body wellness coach with a specialty in holistic nutrition. She's also a sur- survivor, a suicide survivor and recovering addict who uses nutrition and fitness to do what counselors and doctors told her it was impossible to do. So I am ecstatic because I I told you before we started the show about how I lost my daughter on 27th birthday and I use my own gym to kind of help myself recover from that. So how about telling us a little bit about your background and a little bit into your story and how you got started actually doing the, uh, the wellness and nutrition to help you with your, your mental illness. Well, it's interesting because I've been certified in it. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. <laughs> I'm very honored to be on this show. But it started, I got certified far before it actually became pertinent to me. I, I got this certification because I just felt like I needed to do something productive. I know that seems kind of silly, but I felt like I needed to do something productive for my life because I was just in a really dark place emotionally and I felt very stuck. So I did this certification program. I uh, went on to become a holistic nutritionist, uh, got certified as a yoga instructor. I had all sorts of training and I wasn't using any of it for myself. So I could help other people all the live long day, but I wasn't really applying it, not truthfully at least, for myself. And it, it, I feel like it's often that way. I see that so often is we can always give great advice, but then when it comes to our life, we almost have blinders on and we're sitting there going, why is my life falling apart? Well, because you're doing all the things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And things just really got so far down in 2017 that I didn't know what to do anymore. And I started heavily using cocaine again. I started uh, self-harming again. I started drinking. I just really fell to an absolute rock bottom. And that culminated in October of 2018 when I was on the ledge of a Canadian hotel room ready to jump and end my life because I just couldn't cope anymore. I I went to the therapist. I tried the medications. I read the self-help books and just none of that was helping me. And I didn't know what to do. And I just felt so desperate and so done that I wound up on a ledge. 
it, it, it's funny because it's not funny, but you said a song played and then somehow that pulled you off the ledge. What, what was, if you don't mind me asking, what was the song and why did you feel like, you know what, I can take a step back and not do this because I know how to help people. It's, I just got to help myself. It was Breaking the Habit by Linkin Park. And that was such a powerful sign to me because since I was 16 years old, I'm now 36. Since I was 16 years old, Lincoln Park had always been kind of my security blanket. And I turned to them when I was a teenager, I was being bullied. I was ostracized by my peers when I lost my parents, when I went through um, abusive relationships, everything that I'd been through, that was kind of my security blanket. Even if I had other unhealthy vices there, uh, the music and Chester and his story specifically, the lead singer's story specifically had really resonated with me over the years. And one of the things that really sent me into the downward spiral was in this two week period in 2017, I was sued by one of my clients, got in a really bad car accident. I had all of these things going on. I was in a really, really toxic relationship. Um, I ended up getting wrongfully accused of a DUI. This is in two weeks. So of course I'm listening to tons of Lincoln Park to try and cope with all of this. And Chester lost his life to suicide. And I was just so broken and so confused because I went, wait, well, this is the person I turn to for strength. If he can't uh, fight with his demons, how the hell am I supposed to uh, fight mine? So that was kind of the beginning of my downfall, strangely enough. And when I heard that song, when I heard his voice, I just went, oh, my God, I'm not meant to do this. Something wants me here. And I'm not even a believer. That's the weird thing. I'm not this religious person. That's, oh, it was a miracle. But I couldn't help but believe that something wanted me to stay here. And I just had this overwhelming rush, this overwhelming feeling. And I stepped down and I thought I was hallucinating. <laughs> so I went and I opened the door um, of my hotel room and I kind of poked my head out and I was in Quebec. So it's a French speaking province. So I had a little French interaction with the, with the two uh, cleaning people who were playing breaking the habit on their boom box. I mean, that right there was a throwback. <laughs> so <laughs> their boom box. So, so, so wait a minute, just by luck, they were, they were actually, going by and that's how you heard the song. It wasn't even you playing it in your room. Was that? No, it wasn't even me playing it in my room. And here's the weirdest part about that is I was in the middle of the hallway, right? So I wasn't by an elevator. I wasn't by a stair shaft. So it's very odd that they started right in front of my room. Cause literally they turned their music on right outside my room and it was breaking the habit by Lincoln park. And I went, Holy what? And I'd been there for a couple of days and I hadn't, I hadn't seen a cleaning crew. I hadn't heard these people the whole entire time I'd been there. Um, and I'd spent most of my time in my hotel room because I was just there for a concert. Um, so I didn't have a car or anything. And I'd spent most of my time in the room. And it was just so freaky that in that exact moment, they turned the music on. And it just so happened to be the one person in the world that I would listen to. That's that's that is that some, something, like you said, something was definitely there that day to actually, you know, take you off that ledge. And, and you know, have you ever, did you see those people afterwards or you never saw them again? No, never saw them again. So maybe, maybe you, know, I, you know, I'm not, not one of those believers, like you said to you, but maybe they just came down, played some Lincoln Park for you and pulled you off to the edge. Maybe. Right. Hell. Chester that? just sent a couple of cleaning people down, I guess. There you go. <laughs> I need to go back down to clean up some work for me. And uh, she's, right. we're going to start with her. That that is amazing. So, so you took everything that you learned and you started pour, pouring it into yourself. Finally, is that is that exactly what happened? Is that how you decided? How did you decide to go on this whole wellness thing? Because you're 
you've been all over the place. You've been on, on women's health, cosmopolitan, and, and you've created this following that everybody's following you. How did, just tell me how that started because I'm, I'm really intrigued right now. Well, I was really desperate when I came back to the States because I didn't know what to do. I mean, I, I came off the ledge, but I still had those same feelings of overwhelm and confusion and desperation. So I went to a mental health professional because that's really all I knew to do. You know, I, I didn't have any other idea of what to do. So I said, okay, well, this is obviously a mental health crisis. Let's go and see if they can offer something, anything at all. And I said, look, this is what happened. I know my history. I want to be happy. I'm tired of people just trying to shove meds at me. I'm tired of being guinea pigged on these things. I'm tired of surviving. I really want to be happy. And that woman looked me in the eyes and said, that's not really possible for someone like you with your diagnosis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's, wow. what she said. that's not possible for someone like you. Um, we can get you to a point where you're functioning, but you're, you're never really going to be happy. This was a mental health professional. Wow. And I was just so angry that I ended up walking out and again, weirdness of weirdness. I get in my car and the song prove you wrong by Mike Shinoda was playing because I had um, his album post-traumatic in my car. And I just, I'm sitting there just white knuckled at my steering wheel, raging at this lady. Like how freaking dare you tell me this? Like I'm coming to you saying I will do the work. I am motivated to do the work. Just please help me figure out what work to do. And she's saying, no, you're screwed because of this disorder you have. And I heard my dad in my head in a way, because my dad always used to say, someone tells you you can't do something. You pull up your bootstraps and you do it. You do it twice. You take pictures. <laughs> and I, I was just so if I wasn't motivated before, this really just lit the fire under me because now I have this chip on my shoulder of, well, now I have to prove you wrong. Now it's not just a me thing. I need to prove this woman wrong because who in the hell knows who else she's going to tell this to who might be in even a worse position than I am. Right. And that kind of scared me in a way. So I went home and I'm just sitting there and I, I, I didn't know what to do. I tried to listen to some Linkin Park and that didn't work. And I tried to journal and that didn't work. And I tried to you know, watch some motivational stuff, read a little bit, that didn't work. And I kept coming back to my parents and I thought, well, they're not here. They'd already passed away. I can't turn to them for advice or tell them about this. Uh, but I just suddenly had the epiphany to reach out to Diamond Dallas Page, who I had got certified in DDP yoga. And my dad and I really grew up bonding over professional wrestling. Uh, Dallas was one of my heroes growing up. I really loved his, his personality and everything. And we were on a, a text basis so I could functionally reach out to him. And I didn't tell him how bad it was. I didn't say, you know, I just almost lost my life to suicide a few days ago. But I just, look, I'm in this really dark place and I don't know what to do. And uh, I will never forget, he texted back and he said, you got yourself into this, buddy. It's on you to get out of it. And I was so mad. I threw my phone at the wall, shattered my phone. I was so pissed. Like, again, how dare you? But then I, I lay there and I'm just grumbling and tossing and turning. And you just don't understand. You understand real depression. But the longer I sat with it, the more I went, he's right. I wasn't leading a life that was conducive to optimal mental health. And I think that that's often the case with people is, you know, we, we rely so much on all of these other things. You know, we rely on the music, we rely on the therapist, we rely on the medication. Those things are tools and that's great. And that works for some people, you know, cannabis, T, um, CBD, that works for some people. Medication works for some people. Journaling works for some people. But 
if you don't have that solid foundation, then you're not going to be able to reach your like happiness potential. Amazing. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And like, like we talked before, our, my podcast headed down one avenue and it's gone to cannabis, CBD and, and psychedelics to actually help help first responders and other people with mental illness. And one of the big things a lot of the doctors were actually saying was that the products themselves, like you were saying, it's not going to do it for you. Nothing's going to do it for you. It may, it's going to help you, but you, it's going to give you a roadmap, but you need to do the work to get yourself better. And that's exactly the same thing. How did it, fitness and all that start re- relating into it. I know you started, you were into it before, but how did you kind of say, well, this is one thing I need to do a little bit more of to actually, like you said, use that roadmap to make me better. Well, I had to sit down and say, what power do I have? What can I do to really make a difference? Because like I said, I knew he was right. And I thought, what is going to make the biggest impact right off the bat? Because when we're struggling with depression, like I was, I mean, I was obviously rock bottom ready to in my life you want something that's going to have an impact up front. You know, you want to see the results as quickly as possible. So I thought, okay, what's going to have the most impact right up front. And after the assessment aspect of it, because I think that's really important is just figuring out where you are, what your strengths are, um, like how, where you want to go. That's, that's so important because people say, I want to be happy. What the hell does that even mean to you? (laughs) You know, happiness can mean a thousand different things. What does that mean? And I, I I sat down and I kind of figured that out, but then I said, okay, how can I make the biggest impact right off the bat? And that was where my holistic nutrition uh, training came into play because I knew the science behind it. I knew that if you're eating foods that are causing inflammation in the gut, that's sending signals up through your vagus nerve into the brain and telling you something's wrong. That's sending a warning signal to your brain telling you something's wrong. And if, if you continuously do that, that's going to have side effects of anxiety and depression. So I, I really had to take a step back and go, okay, am I feeding my brain? Spoiler alert, the answer is no, I was not. I was not in any way, shape, or form giving my body the nutrients that it needed, even though I scientifically knew it. I studied this for tests. You know, I took tests on the vagus nerve and on all these nutrients that, that uh, we need, that our body needs. And I knew it, but I was just kind of in denial about it. So that was the first step. And then once I started balancing my brain out a little bit, um, realizing the power that fitness has over our mental health. And I'm not saying obviously that nutrition and fitness alone can cure every uh, person of, of depression or whatever the case is, but it's like Elwood Wood says in Legally Blonde, you know, exercise releases endorphins, endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't go killing their husbands. <laughs> uh, it, it, it does. Exercise does have a lot of very scientific reasons that it it helps the brain and it helps with depression it boosts uh the chemicals in the brain that are going to help combat depression that's why i always i always said we we've created a a, a recovery facility that we're, we're slowly building and we're integrating training the brain and training the body together so that both can work as one and then you're going to feel that your your soul so we're we built a mind body soul protocol system that creates fitness and mental fitness together to actually help people out. So, so you're, what you're doing is 
we're adding it to add that to plant-based medicine, add everything else together. We're doing exactly else. And I'm glad that it actually helped you out. I've got a bunch of stuff you sent me. I'm going to throw a bunch of questions at you that, that really caught my eye and everything else, especially uh, on your little, your little media sheet, the playboy thing. You shot for playboy. How did that, that was something like I would never imagine somebody who had mental illness or, or was feeling down on themselves would actually build their confidence so much. Say, Hey, I'm going to go do this. How did that change your, your, your outlook? It was something that I'd always wanted to do, but I was consistently told I wasn't good enough for, it. you know, I didn't have the, the body for it. I, I was told often by my peers and colleagues and stuff. So again, it came to one of those, oh, freaking watch me. Uh, and that was what it started off as. But when I actually was there and I got to do that and I, I got to do it on my terms, that was the thing is I was sexually assaulted when I was 16. And I felt like in a way I'd lost power over my body. I'd lost control over my body. Even after years after the assault happened, I still felt like there was a part of myself that I didn't have power over. And when I did that shoot, I felt like I got to take my power back. I got to do that on my terms. I got to share my body on my terms. And it helped so much with the healing of that assault. Um, it helped a lot with my self-esteem because I got to spend that day feeling good about my body and feeling beautiful. And I know that a lot of people, especially feminists and stuff now look down on that, but I'm going, but isn't that what pro-choice is being about is saying when you can share your body and what you can do with your body. And this is what I chose to do. And it was within my values and my morals, you know, and it was just such a powerful experience that really helped me start to dig out of a lifetime of bullying and, and, bad self-esteem. Yeah. And those who are listening, who think that, like you said, would look down on it. It's amazing how you use that part of your life, the, the sexual assault to do something. Like you said, I'll show them and built that, that mental toughness. The same thing you did it when you were on a, on the ledge thinking about committing suicide or addiction, you told everybody, I'll show you. And you built that own mental toughness and use their negativity to create positivity in your life. And that is a beautiful Beautiful thing. You have a lot of followers. You have like 11,000 followers on Instagram, YouTube, uh, through email. What made you decide to actually begin showing everybody what you were doing? Because I, I know you're going to say, I'll show you again. I'll show you again. <laughs> but, but when, and I'm trying to say, at what point in your journey did you say, hey, maybe I should share this with people and help people? I know you've always helped people, but when did you wanted to share your story with people to show everybody else? When did that come around? Um, it was after I started to come out of the darkness and I realized what would have helped me the most, because when I was in that mindset, I just wanted to know that there were other people thinking like me and struggling like me. And I wanted to know that there were people I could connect with, that I could just talk to, even if it sounded that crap crazy to someone, I just wanted someone to listen to me. And I think that talking about mental health, talking openly about our story, the good, the bad, the crazy, as I say, is how we shatter the stigma. And that's how we start moving forward with this movement, with um, this community, is we just talk about it. And we normalize having conversations about it like this. I mean, I, I think that there's this misconception that once you quote unquote heal, that that's it, your life's perfectly happy from then on out. And I'm going, I just broke down sobbing at a doctor's appointment a few weeks ago, I just had a panic attack um, a couple months ago. I mean, there's still struggles, 
I, I still have days where I don't want to do anything at all except just binge watch Lucifer or something. You know, I, I, I think that there's this huge misconception that that healing mentally means being happy all the time. And it's not. And I wanted to share with other people who are on their healing journey, whether on the first step or they're coming out of that darkness themselves, that it's okay to have crap days. Everyone has crap days, whether you're diagnosed with a mental illness or not, everyone has crap days and everyone struggles and everyone has different responses to things. And I just wanted to normalize that. And I I kind of felt like it was almost my duty, you know, to utilize everything I went through to turn it into something good. So all the loss and the grief and the pain, I needed to turn that into something good because what's it doing to let it sit there and simmer? You know, what's it doing to hold on to it and guard it and, and keep it to myself, knowing that it could help someone that just seems kind of selfish, you know, and I know not everybody is ready to share their story, nor do they have to, there's other ways to help people. But for me, I felt that I could use my story and my voice to um, help other people. I think the fact that you're using your story and your voice to actually help people is also showing those who are in the same situation as you, is they're not just, I hate to use the word, a statistic that's out there. There's opportunities in different ways to actually slowly change where they are. They're, they're never. There's no such thing as 100% down and out, I feel. I always feel there's always a 1% chance of you getting better. And if you actually do that little bit of 1% chance, it's still getting better. It's always, and it's the same thing in the gym, whether you put 50 pounds on or you put a two and a half pound on, it's still incrementally doing a little bit better. So people like you who bring the stories are out of your own problems and issues and how you overcame them is an amazing thing for everybody else to actually see. I think that this misconception that we have to do everything all at once is also a really big detriment to people's healing journeys, because let's take the fitness example. People think that if they go to the gym, that they have to go try to lift all this weight and then they have to go run five miles. And one of the major things that I teach people is find your fitness. If you enjoy going and rollerblading, do that. If you struggle with anger and you just need to beat the hell out of something, get a punching bag, like make it enjoyable. You don't have to go to the gym and do a bunch of reps to reap the benefits of fitness. And I really like that you were talking about incorporating, you know, nutrition and fitness with mindset, because I, I created what I call the five puzzle pieces of happiness, which is the steps I took to get through, like to get from being suicidal on the ledge, ready to end my life to getting decertified as having a serious mental illness, which is something that multiple professionals told me was never possible. And after the assessment, the emotional eating the right way, the nutrition and the finding your fitness that we were talking about, there's also the three C's of sustaining happiness and then cutting the crap. So learning how, like what to incorporate in your life, what to do uh, to, you know, cultivate that mindset that we need to be at the top of our personal happiness spectrum and then learning what to cut out and how to do that because that was so huge to me. And I feel like I'm still doing that today. It's, it's a process. It's absolutely a process and learning who and what to cut out of my life to really be the best version of myself. It's the last of the five puzzle pieces because it's really the hardest. And if you don't have that foundation to, um, to have the strength and the understanding and the confidence to be able to do that, it's hard. It's really hard to get, out of a friendship or a relationship to like end that, uh, to let go of old habits that aren't serving us anymore, mindsets that aren't serving us anymore. I had 
so many tapes that were stuck in my head, some of which that had been there from childhood that were just tearing me apart. And I didn't even realize that they were there. And if I did, I thought I had no control over them because, you know, this is this voice in your head, this, as I call it, my shadow, uh, which was just a product of the depression, I think, that was sitting there constantly telling me you're not good enough. Or one of my ones was you look dead without makeup. Uh, Once you stop striving for perfection, you might as well be dead. Monsters don't deserve to happily ever after. And these things had come from so many different places. I mean, the, the you look dead without makeup was my mom, who was a loving, beautiful woman. She, she was amazing. She was a great mother to me. She just didn't realize that when she was trying to build me up one day and she was saying, get out, get out of bed and go put on some makeup because you look dead. That got stuck in my teenage brain. And up until a couple of years ago, like I said, I'm 36 up until a couple of years ago, that was stuck in my brain that I was not a valuable person unless I got up and put makeup on or the monsters don't live happily ever after was a quote off of Dexter. It was a quote from a TV show that got wildly stuck in my head. And I'm just going, okay, I'm a monster because of my mental health struggles. So there's the, the first limiting belief. And because of my mental health struggles, because I now identify as a monster, I don't deserve to live happily ever after. How do you think that played out in my relationships? Not good. <laughs> Not good at all. <laughs> That, that, that is 100% amazing. Amanda, I appreciate you coming on my show. I'm following you. If people wanted to follow your story from here out or actually reach out, talk to you or, or looking for some, some, some help, where would they go? Um, you can start going to amandawebsterhealth.com and uh, that's where you can find out more about the five puzzle pieces of happiness. You can download uh, my free workbook that's how to boost your productivity and improve your happiness. And that has all the links to my social on it, but you can find me on Instagram and YouTube, Amanda Webster Health. Um, and I'm always, I'm always communicating on there. I'm always posting just little mental health insights and stuff. On the YouTube channel, I do song reactions to different songs about mental health just as a way to keep the conversation going because that's something that people like to watch and listen to. So I started using that as a tool. Um, I post vlogs about my own journey so people can follow that. And sometimes I do celebrity interviews. I've interviewed Billy Bob Thornton. I got to interview Chester's son, Jamie. Uh, we, we ended up becoming friends. So that was really cool. I've interviewed... Um, Jennifer Jimenez, who's a model that struggled with addiction stuff. I've interviewed a lot of different people that share their stories. And the powerful thing about that is, is once you realize that Billy Bob Thornton has panic attacks, you don't feel so bad when you do. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So big question. Last question. What's next for Amanda? What's coming up? Is there anything coming up? Do you have anything special in the works? What's next? There is so much. So I am um, relaunching my Happiness Boost program where people can learn the five puzzle pieces of happiness in a much more in-depth way, learn how to apply that to their lives. So I'm going to be relaunching that just after Halloween because, yeah, I figured I figured. It should be a little, we should, we should get to the spooky season, right? And start moving into that season where people tend to need a lot of help with their mental right. health. So I'm going to be relaunching my happiness boost program. I've also got an app in development right now um, that I think will really make a huge difference in the mental health world and people finding that validation that they need, uh, that connection that they need, that help that they might need in getting through uh, the struggles and growing and learning and Taking the next step in their journey, I think it's going to make a really huge difference. And I am very, very excited and hopeful that uh, my book called One More Light after uh, Linkin Park's final album uh, will be releasing in 2022. That is amazing. 
Amanda, thank you for coming on my show. I'm glad everything's going well. And I would love if you would just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. It's amazing. I, 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 when I read, like I said, when I read everything, I'm like, I need to, I need to know more about the story and this, this young lady because she is doing everything possible and helping others and helping herself at the same time. So I appreciate you coming on my show. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day, Amanda. You too. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'll have some links for you. So if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself, one of the best places to go is Podcast Powertrain. Right now, they're doing an an amazing offer for all their course material. If you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked, all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there. Also, if you're looking for a platform, not sure which platform to use to record your show on Riverside FM is the one we use you can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside check them out and you will not be disappointed again thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you well we'll see you but Good Dudes Grow 2.0 thank you for tuning in if you're still listening to this that means you gained something out of this episode so make sure you share it with a friend leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0